You're listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Beulah Girl podcast. I'm Carol Whitaker, your host. We have recently just entered into the month of love, the month of February. And for many of you, that's really good news. You can't wait to spend Valentine's Day with your special someone. Maybe you're in a relationship that is taking off, that couldn't be better, and you're already planning what you're going to do for Valentine's Day together. But for others of us listening, maybe this is not good news at all. Maybe we are not in a relationship right now or you're in a relationship that's really struggling. Maybe you're newly divorced and you're just trying to pick up the pieces of your life and you're not sure you can even think about being with another person right now. Wherever you find yourself, we're going to be focusing this month on just a myriad of issues that are going to pertain to not only those who are single, who are looking still for Mr. Right, or have not yet entered into a marriage relationship, but we're also going to have some episodes that pertain also to married women. Joining me next week is going to be family therapist, Amy Owen. She's going to be our special guest, and she will be with us for three weeks navigating through just talking about love and intimacy and offering a therapist perspective. So I'm very excited that she will be joining us and helping me get through these uh, talks to kind of steer us through the month of February. Tonight, I want to speak specifically to the single women who are listening. If, again, you are not in a marriage, you're still looking for that Mr. Right. I want to speak tonight just from my own sort of mistakes I made when I was dating. I've been married now for almost 18 years and my perspective on dating and marriage is so much different than it was when I was 18 and 19. And I just want to offer you some things that I think are really important to consider that uh, I've sort of uh, wished that someone had shared with me when I was again, 18 and 19 on the dating scene. And I think that these will help you very much avoid unneeded heartbreak in your life. Again, we can't avoid every disastrous situation. We can't always know if someone is going to hurt us, but we can be wise and we can exercise caution. And the key verse that I want to draw from just to sort of kick off This talk tonight is from Song of Songs. It's from Song of Songs 8-4. And a lot of scholars don't know what to do with this book of the Bible because it's very candid and it's look at love and it's an exchange between lovers. and And I personally love that God put this book in the Bible because it shows us that not only is he interested in matters such as you know, your devotion to him and how you conduct yourself in the community and, you know, matters of, of the, of the heart related to your spiritual life. But he's also interested in matters of the heart related to marriage and your connections to other people that he cares about that. So I love that Song of Songs is included. If you look at 8.4, it says, Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. If you skip down to 8.6 and 7, it says, Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. 
its jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot wash it away. If one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be utterly scorned. What it's saying there is basically, it's saying in 8.4 that we need to be wise about the person that we allow to stir romantic feelings in our heart, the person we become connected to on that level. And it tells us the reason why in 8.6 and 7, it talks about how strong love is, that it's jealous, that it burns like a blazing fire, that many waters cannot quench love. Love is not something that we want to allow to be stirred up in our hearts, romantic love, unless it, it is with the right person. We need to be careful is what it's telling us in this passage, not to just throw ourselves on any person, but to really reserve our heart for the person that's right with us, right for us. And you may be listening to this saying, you know what? I really have no control over who I'm attracted to or, you know, the person I love. Well, you may not have any control over, you know, the person you're attracted to, but you definitely have control over whether or not you allow that relationship to progress. And it's different in the beginning when you're attracted to someone to um, be able to cut off the relationship then than it is after you've spent a year or two together sharing life events, sharing your heart and your dreams, sharing, you know, intimate thoughts and feelings, texts, all hours of the day and night, whatever the case may be, it's so much different at that point to break off a relationship. And it's really telling us in this passage to practice wisdom so that we don't have unneeded heartbreak in our life. And truthfully, we can't avoid every bad situation that's going to come our way. But we can practice caution and we can be wise. And when we do, then we are going to set ourselves up for um, just a more fulfilling marriage and more fulfilling life. So let's just go ahead and look at three things related to this that I think every woman should consider before going into a dating relationship. The first thing I think it's important to consider is our relationship with God. Now, this may not sound like a very logical place to start, but we need to evaluate if we're in a good place at God with God at the moment before we enter into a dating relationship with someone else. Are we regularly spending time with God? Are we seeking his will for our life in prayer? Are we connected at church? Are we you know, regularly meeting with other believers? Do we have friends who are Christians that we are allowing to speak into our life? Do we spend time looking at the word of God and attempt to hear, you know, what God would say to us through his word? These things are so important because in order to enter into a godly union with another person, we need to ourselves be in a place where we are strong in our relationship with God. If we are solid in our spiritual walk, we have better discernment about the person that we should or should not date and our priorities will be in the right place. Here's the tendency. When we aren't in the right place with God in our life, when he isn't the center of our life, we will be more likely to seek out someone to take that place of a savior. In our life, we'll be looking for that someone to be everything for us. And no one in our life can be everything the way that God can be everything for us. No one can fulfill us the way God can. Certainly, 
God made the male-female relationship to be one where our needs are met. Many of our needs are met in that relationship, but all of our needs can never be met by another person. All of our needs can only be met by God. And when we're in a healthy relationship with God, we are seeking our sense of worth and fulfillment from him. We can then be in a place where we aren't as needy, as desperate. We don't have to you know, latch onto someone else and attempt to have that person fill us and be everything for us that we can assess, okay, is this a good relationship for me? And we don't have to simply just go out with whoever comes along just because we're just desperate to not be alone and we need someone to pay attention to us. We can, you know, really practice respect for ourselves and, you know, not necessarily put someone else in an unhealthy savior place in our lives. There is that myth in our culture, which says that someone else can complete us. And that's simply not the truth. We see this myth in, in movies and princess, Disney princess movies and songs, this idea that there's going to be this prince, this knight in shining armor, that's going to come along and, and is going to just make everything in our life better, that he's just going to be our solution. And no person, no matter how amazing they are, can ever solve the problems in our life, can save us from ourselves the way Jesus Christ can. So when we're in a good relationship with God, we're in a healthy place then to choose someone who will be the right marriage partner for ourselves and to really seek out God's will for us in this area. And I just want to say before moving on to my next point, I just want to encourage you that it can be really scary to open up everything in our life to God. Many of us as Christian women, we're willing to open up certain areas. Maybe, you know, the area you're comfortable opening up to God is just when you have a problem, you, you'll pray about that problem. Or maybe you're, you're praying about finances or, you know, you're praying about what God's call is for your life. But maybe when it comes to dating, you are a little bit scared to open up that place in your life. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, who in the world is God going to pair me with? Someone boring, someone who is, you know, not going to be exciting or fun to be around. That is the furthest thing from the truth. The God of the universe is the author of romance. He is the one that inspired the book of Song of Songs. He was the one who created those intense feelings of attraction and made you a sexual being so that you would have those feelings towards a male and he would have those feelings towards you. And so he is going to pair you with the best possible person for you. He designed you. He made you. He knows everything about you. He is going to be able to see things down the road that you can't see now. And so it's essential to open up that part in your life, even if it means having to wait a little bit um, to date. Ultimately, that relationship is going to be the best for you, better than one you could pick for yourself in the long run. Number two, the other item I think that is so important to consider when you're wanting to enter into a dating relationship is to consider what his relationship is like with God. Does he have a solid relationship with God? The Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked with another person. And that's 2 Corinthians 6, 14. In other words, we don't want to choose someone who isn't making God a priority or who is an unbeliever. And the reason for this is no matter how good looking, no matter how charming, how amazing this person is, we can't foresee how this person 
will act or treat us years down the road. And we may think he, you know, if he is a lukewarm Christian, we may say, well, you know, with my influence, he's going to go to church more or he's going to be more involved. I just know it. We can't really count on it. If he isn't that way now, we can't count on him changing. A lot of us think, you know, when we enter into marriage, all the problems that we have in the dating relationship are just going to magically go away and marriage is going to fix it. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. He may change, but he may not. And so it's important to assess right now if he doesn't have interest in pursuing his relationship with God or becoming a more fully devoted follower, he really doesn't have an interest in the things of God, then this isn't someone we want to pursue a relationship with. Similarly, if he's not a believer, again, the Bible warns us not to enter into a marriage relationship with an unbeliever because it's looking out for our best interests and there can be uh, so much conflict down the road when we enter into a union with an unbeliever. Now, if we do so, there is God's grace and forgiveness and there, you know, he can work those miracles in marriage. There's nothing that God can't do, but we can save ourselves from unneeded conflict and heartbreak. If we are dating someone and we know they're not a believer It's not someone that we need to continue on in a relationship with because the reason for that is that we can't guarantee that this person's going to be saved. And if you are spending time with someone who is not opening up themselves to the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, then he is not going to treat you necessarily the way that you should be treated all the time. He is not going to be interested in the things of God or interested in aligning his life with biblical principles. Later, if you end up getting married to this person, this is the person that's going to be the spiritual leader of your household. If you are trying to align your life with Christian principles and follow God, but he's not interested in that, then you are both going to be divided. There's going to be a wedge between you. There's going to be constant conflict. The spiritual protection that a Christian husband provides is not going to be over your children. You may have conflicts as to how to raise your children. He's not going to be looking to the word of God for how to discipline your children. You're going to be alone as far as your endeavors in going to church and joining church groups. And it's going to be conflict that you could avoid if you simply end the relationship now knowing that he is not an unbelief, uh, knowing he's not a believer. Similarly, if he just doesn't really seem that interested in having a deep relationship with God, if he is a Christian, but he's not spending time going to church, he doesn't want to crack open his Bible. He's not interested in allowing Jesus Christ to constantly transform him or you know, making decisions that are going to put him in alignment with God's will for him, then this is someone that you need to part ways with and just say, you know what? You need to be with someone who is making God a priority, who puts that relationship with God first in his life because it affects everything later down the road. And you may say, you know what? I have no idea if he has a good relationship with God. I really don't know. A good way to know is just to observe the fruit of his life. Someone who is opening himself up to the Holy Spirit is going to have the, the, the fruits that it talks about in the Bible. He's going to be more kind. He's going to be more gentle. He's going to be quick to forgive. He's going to be quick to confess 
his his wrong. He's going to have self-control. Um, there are going to be just fruits evident in his life from a life that's opened up to the Holy Spirit. And also, we need to pay attention to what other people say about him. If other people are coming up to you in throngs and warning you not to go out with him because they know things about his past, perhaps he's mistreated past girlfriends and they're warning you, pay attention to what other people say. If he's saying one thing about himself, but other people say an entirely different thing, then it's time to sort of pause and say, you know what, is this a relationship I need to continue in? Or do I need to just take a break and evaluate and pray about this and see if this is truly the person God has for me? The third, the third consideration that I think all of us need to pay attention to if we're wanting to enter into a dating relationship or continue on in a dating relationship, I should say, is we need to pay attention to warning signs. If you are someone who struggles to set boundaries, you struggle to say no to someone, maybe you struggle with people-pleasing, you may try to, in a dating relationship, really make excuses for a person's repeated bad behavior or disrespect of you because you don't want the relationship to be over. Or you may sort of doubt your own ability to assess whether or not there's a problem. And I would just encourage you to really pay attention to those gut feelings you have inside. As women, we all have those feelings inside when we know that something isn't right. Personally, as a young person in dating relationships, it was pretty evident to me early on when something wasn't just right and and I needed to pay attention. Some warning signs in a relationship could be that he's evasive, that he doesn't answer you, um, you know, straight on about certain things that have happened in his life that maybe tries to avoid certain conversations that maybe there are some questions you have about his past that he really hasn't been honest with you about. Some other warning signs could just be behavior. Maybe there's a troubling behavior that perhaps it could be he appears to be abusive or controlling or there appears to be anger that is popping up that doesn't seem to be something he's very concerned about. Perhaps there's lying or manipulating or perhaps when he's around his friends, he won't introduce you. He acts ashamed of you. Perhaps he puts you down. Perhaps he is disrespectful to you where he makes fun of you or compares you to other women. Perhaps he's checking out other women in your presence. There can just be a myriad of issues that would tell you that, you know what, this person isn't ready for a committed relationship right now. This isn't a relationship that needs to continue. But oftentimes as women, we ignore these warning signs because we're so attracted to the person or we have so much fun with the person or we tell ourselves he's not like this all the time or we want so much to make it work because everyone's in awe of this person. Maybe everyone thinks that this guy is so fantastic and maybe on the outside he has it all together. Maybe he is somebody that goes to church every Sunday and teaches two Bible studies. But if there are warning signs, we really need to pay attention to them because these are not going to go away just because we get married. In fact, they're going to only intensify and worsen. Years ago, there was a book that came out called He's Just Not That Into You. And the author who wrote it was a male who was 
fed up with his female friends who made excuses for the poor behavior of the men in their dating relationships. And one of his main points in the book is he says, you know what, if he's not calling you, if he doesn't have time for you, if he won't bring you around his friends or family, he's just not that into you. And he just was saying, you know, you need to face the reality. And so many times as women, we don't want to face the truth or we doubt ourselves and think, you know what, maybe I'm overreacting here. Whatever the case is, you're not going to find somebody who's absolutely perfect in every area, but there are definitely some warning signs that indicate that this person is not marriage material, material, and you don't need to enter into a relationship with him. As we conclude, there are really two things I want to end with. Maybe as you're listening to this, you're feeling a little bit bad. You're just feeling a sense of shame. Because as you're listening to this point, these points that I've given you, maybe you're just thinking back to a, your, you know, dating relationships you've had, and maybe you know that you haven't, you haven't been wise. That maybe you've made mistakes in your dating relationships. Maybe you have veered outside God's boundary as far as you've had sex outside of marriage. You've been too physical, and maybe you just have a lot of baggage at this point. And I just want to encourage you that you can start again, that the Bible talks so much about repentance and turning from our sin and says in so many ways that Jesus is there to cleanse us. And the moment that we turn and say, you know, Lord, I'm sorry, I, I did the wrong thing. Will you forgive me that he cleanses us of our sin as believers that we have that access to him that we can at any time turn and ask him to forgive us and he will. And if you're not a believer, then you can enter into a relationship with Jesus and be cleansed of any sin, you know, any poor mis mistakes that you've made, that he can wash those away. It's not too late to go a different way. It's not too late to start again. And for those um, of you who are listening to this, and maybe you haven't necessarily made bad choices in your relationship, but maybe you're just somebody who you struggle with really low self-esteem, that you struggle to set boundaries in a relationship, you struggle to let yourself be loved, that you have a hard time even believing that you are worthy of being loved. I wanna um, also speak to you and just, uh, I'm gonna provide some resources. Um, I'm going to have an article that goes along with this that's going to be on beulagirl.com. At the end of the article, I'm gonna put up some resources for you and these resources are going to be just specifically speaking to worth that those of you who are listening to this, who may struggle with feeling worthy and just, you know, just allowing someone to respect you and, 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 and respecting yourself, worth comes from God and a, a healthy sense of worth and identity comes from him. And it certainly is, takes some of us sort of a journey to get there, to see ourselves as God sees us. And so I'd like to put up some resources that can be a start for you. Um, a place for you to begin to heal in that area so that you can be in a healthy relationship and that you aren't allowing someone to mistreat you because you don't feel that you're worthy of being treated well. And similarly, um, just going back to the other group of people I mentioned, um, if you're listening to this and you're just feeling shame because of the choices you've made in dating or so forth, I'm also going to put up some resources about how to heal from past relationships. Uh, wounds and baggage and if there's been sexual sin involved how to cut and sever those ties 
from your past so that you can truly be free and move on. Friends, we are out of time, but I am so glad you have joined me. Again, I'd love for you to jump on uh, BeulahGirl.com. I just mentioned it as far as the resources I put on, but I'd love for you to jump on there and join my um, join the blog, uh, join the conversation, throw up a comment under my article, and perhaps you know choose to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, so you can get all of our full-length articles and also podcast episodes. All of it's free. And we do it because we love you, we care about you, and we want you to make good choices in your life and be the person God created you to be. Let's just go ahead and end in prayer. Dear dear Lord, I pray for every single woman listening, no matter where they find themselves, in a dating relationship or perhaps looking for that perfect and, you know, perfect guy that's that's going to be Mr. Right in their life. Lord, I pray for them that they would open up themselves to you, that they would be wise, that they would heed the words of scripture, that they would seek your wisdom and your will in their lives, that they wouldn't close off this part of their life to you. If there's been wrongdoing in the past, if they've made mistakes, that Lord, they would know that they can turn to you, that they would make a choice to go the right way today, that that if they need to repent, that you would help them through that process, that you would cleanse them that you would help them to know that they can turn to you and start anew. And also, if there are women who are struggling with worth, Lord, that your your love would just wash over them, that you would, Lord, lead them to the right resources, help them latch on to the right scripture so they can begin to see themselves as you see them, so they can enter into healthy relationships and maintain healthy relationships because their view of themselves is not distorted. And I thank you, Lord, so much for marriage and the gift of marriage and the gift that you've given us in being connected, the male-female relationship, and what a gift that is. And Lord, help us all to be wise, not only just in dating, but just in every decision we make. And thank you, Lord, that you care so much about everything in our lives, including our dating relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.